on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. The payoff pitch. Check swing appeal. Went that time. Strike three. Ball game is over. 9-0. The Brewers with another shutout. It's their 11th of the season. And the Brewers pick up right where they left off over the weekend. Nice job for the crew. They beat the Pirates in game one of the series, 9-0. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Pauley. Solid win for the Brewers tonight. Dealing with a little bit of adversity coming in. They had some COVID issues yesterday. That resulted in them not even leaving Milwaukee until this morning. They pull the show and go. They show up to Pittsburgh, and what do you know? They score eight runs in the first two innings en route to a 9 nothing victory. Welcome in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's bring in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. And, Augie, um, the, the Pirates have a lot going on. They had to scratch their starter because he's getting traded. They're just they're, they're having a rough season. You knew that as the year went along, uh, it, would be, it would be tough at times for the Pirates. But that being said, this isn't an easy day for the Brewers where they fly in day of, where they're dealing with the realities of the COVID situation with the team and you know, kind of the, the, the black cloud hanging over where they're probably waiting on other COVID tests to come back and things like that. And it was a really good start. And those, scoring those eight runs in the first two innings, they were, uh, that, that was just a, a nice thing to see them do on a day where they very easily could not have put together that kind of performance. I think there's one thing that we have, we have to do is we have to compliment the Brewer organization, you know, in what they have done with this co- with COVID and how they've handled it. And this was a tough situation. I'm making a, making a decision on when do you go? Do you, what do you do? You get everybody tested. Sure, they fly, it's a short flight, but they flew out today and, and, uh, I'll tell you, they flew in the, flew into Pittsburgh and what they needed to do is to get on top early and then, have Brett Anderson pitch a good ball game, and they did a little bit of both. Uh, anytime you have five players with with double figures and hits, uh, you're going to do pretty good. And the Brewers had five of them today and scored some runs early in the ball game. Give Brett Brett something to work with, and from there he took over and pitched a very good ball game. We um. We'll get into the COVID stuff because it certainly impacts the way things go today. And yeah, flying in day of. It, that's not the worst thing in the world. I think a lot, you know, a lot of business people out there are probably kind of laughing a little bit because they're probably very often flying into business meetings day of things like that. But baseball, when you do play a 162 game season, there is a routine to it, and when you are taken out of your routine, it absolutely can impact the way things uh, go on the field. And it did not impact the Brewers today. And Brett Anderson was was really good. He gets 12 ground outs. He doesn't get a single fly out today. Three strikeouts. He does exactly what he needs to do. And it's uh, it's just uh, overall a nice day for the Brewers. Good to see Lorenzo Cain back as he comes up with a couple hits. Uh, Rowdy Telez continues to swing it in a good way. So uh, it's it's tough to find any negatives in game. The negatives revolve around what happened prior to the game, but it certainly is tough to find any negatives in game after the Brewers come up with the 9 nothing win, scoring nine runs on the 12 hits. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage 
Talk and text line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers, a 9 nothing victory in Pittsburgh. We're back with more in a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Rowdy Telez with a drive to right. This one's well struck, and it is gone. Rowdy Telez with another home run. He had two in the game on Saturday. Now he's got one here on Tuesday night. Make it 9 nothing Brewers. He just went down and golfed that one out of the ballpark. That would end up being the final score, 9 nothing. Brewers get the win. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Want to join us? You can do so by calling or texting 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can uh, tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Alongside uh, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine, I am Matt Pauley. And, Augie, let's... um. Let's get into kind of the moves of the day because it was a very busy transactional day for the Brewers. Christian Yelich goes on the COVID injured list. He has tested positive for the coronavirus. He is fully vaccinated, uh, but he is somebody that uh, has a breakthrough case, and that is happening right now uh, across uh, across the country. He's going to be out for um, for for a week and a half or so. Jace Peterson is placed on the COVID injured list as a close contact. Lorenzo Cain being reinstated from the injured list. Pablo Reyes was recalled from AAA now. Nashville and uh, Travis Sean Dillon file each went to AAA Nashville to begin a rehab assignment. So a lot going on right there. We'll start with the Christian Yelich news. Um, he's really been struggling recently, and now this happens. It just it, it you just kind of feel bad for him because it feels you know we talked a lot about coming out of the All Star break, Augie. Um, maybe the All Star break was an opportunity for him to kind of reset because it was the first kind of normal time you know nothing that was really impacted by all the weird stuff over the last year and a half two years well it didn't work out that way we were wrong on that assumption uh but now something else weird has happened to him and just it it really feels like he's he's gonna have a hard time getting going uh stuff just kind of keeps happening I think the big thing is that, you know, you talk about what Christian, he wasn't feeling well, and he brought it to the medical staff's attention. I, I think you've got to give him, first of all, credit. And, you know, everything that he's going through, and, and this is a very unfortunate that this happened, because he is trying to fight himself back and do changing his routine and doing different things uh, uh, during the day to get back to where he is. But I think the main thing is we worry about someone's health, and the same with Chase Peterson on the seven-day protocol list. And when you look at that, for him just now to get away and sit back and relax and, and get better and get healthy and then work himself back could be something that the Brewers could use to their advantage. Uh, and we talked about it uh, the last few days. One of the big big things that we've been talking about is how can we get Christian Yelich back? Sometimes some situation, unfortunate as it does happen, can get somebody back just to relax, watch it uh, from the, from a, a side, and then work yourself back gradually so we'll just have to wait to see what happens there's no question that they need a healthy christian yelich to do what they want to accomplish this year but it's it's i just give him all the credit in the world by knowing that something wasn't right to go to the medical staff and making sure that he doesn't affect the rest of the players on the ball club 
I, we'll, we'll talk more about this in a week and a half. Or, you know, Once the 10 days pass, he then needs to have the negative test before he's able to come back. Uh, I am curious if after that time away, if they would even consider, especially if maybe if Nashville is at home at that time, if they would consider sending him to AAA Nashville for maybe just like two games, just for him to see AAA pitching for a couple days. Uh, you, you talk about trying to find the positives and all of that. Maybe that could be it. Maybe the opportunity for him to see AAA pitching for a couple days would be a, a good thing for him to help find a swing that's a that's a really good uh comment uh matt i think that's a perfect comment when you say you know once he goes through the protocol it comes back with the negative to negative to maybe do a little bit of work uh at the ballpark and then just see how he feels how 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 does he feel at that time both health wise and how he feels in the uh, swinging the bat and not a bad idea if if Nashville is in town and they have a, a number of games there to go down and let him get some at bats and that would be a perfect thing to do because what you want to do is you want to get him feeling comfortable as he can and work himself back I, I just got a, a feeling that he is going to work himself back I think this is a setback it, it happens when the Brewers are in a good spot but it's also at a, at a time when the Brewers can be, take a step back and make sure when he comes back he's right. And I think that's really important. Doug texting in with all these games coming up with the Pirates in the next three weeks. Brewers should have a huge lead. What an advantage. Pirates are like a minor league team right now. Uh I think that's a little hard. Like, the Pirates are not a good team. The Pirates are not a good baseball team. They're not a good major league baseball team. I. They look. They've still got some some legit hitters in there. Uh, they've got guys who give the Brewers fits. Uh, whether it's a Brian Reynolds, whether it's a Ben Gamble. I mean, they've got uh, Gregory Polanco still on that team. He could end up getting moved. I mean, there's there's guys on this team who I think are are pretty solid hitters. Brian Hayes is just seemingly a star uh, in the making. But Augie, at the same time. Their pitching has not been very good all season, and it, it, it just seems to be getting worse. They're, they've got young guys. You give a lot of credit to former Brewers farmhand Cody Ponce for what he, what he was able to do today, five innings, scoreless, gives up just three hits. You think maybe he'll end up back in the rotation where he's been a little bit, has struggled as a starter with the Pirates. But it really is, that's a, that's a tough go for them right now from a pitching perspective. I agree with you. I think when you honestly, when you look at, I, I looked at some of the stats and what they've been doing in the month of July since the All Star break, and uh, what they've been doing at home and on the road swinging. The, they've actually been swinging the bat pretty well. When you look at the things they've been doing as far as scoring runs, uh, batting average, hitting with runners in scoring position hasn't been exactly what you wanted. But when you look at the the ability to put runs on the board since the All Star break, they've been playing pretty good baseball as far as yeah. being able to score some runs. But I think where you look at this ball club where they really struggle, it's really been with that pitching staff and being able to find something consistent out of that bullpen that can come in and shut the door for your starters. And, and uh, really their, their top starter really has been Anderson. He's, he's been throwing the ball so well. But when you look at this ball club, they lose ball games late in ball games with this bullpen. Just is not one of the top in the league, just struggling a little bit. And anytime you struggle in that bullpen, we're seeing it from a lot of teams in the big leagues who have a lot of potential to do, do very well. It comes to that bullpen. It's so important. 
Since the All-Star break, the Pirates have taken two of three in a series against the Mets, and they've taken two of three in a series against the Giants. So two teams that are leading their respective divisions. The Pirates have won those series. I don't think the Pirates are an especially good baseball team, but at the same time, I don't think you take them lightly. Uh, This is still a team that can uh, put together good performances, as we've seen with those uh, respective series victories uh, since since the All-Star break. Brewers get the 9-0 win today. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Got a lot of uh, tweets and texts to get to. We'll start running through some of those coming up in just a moment. We're back after that. A 9 nothing win tonight for the Brewers. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Three strikeouts for Brett Anderson, and the first pitch from Nagowski to Nagowski is lined into right center field, and a diving catch by Lorenzo Kane. Welcome back, Low Kane. Pops up and immediately says, "Not today," and shakes his finger. Yeah, it was really good to see. It was really good to see Lorenzo Kane back in the lineup for the Brewers. He had a nice game. Came up with a. Uh, a couple hits, a two-for-five day, drives in a run, makes that defensive play out there. Just just good to see all the way around. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings. Want to join us? You can do so by calling or texting into the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. Or you can uh, tweet at us at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Mike in Colorado uh, texting in. Says, Matt, you were right again. I like that part. Uh, Christian Yelich goes on the injured list for 10 days just as Lorenzo Kane comes back. Maybe the break will be good for Christian. Cruz across their fingers and hope uh, Rowdy Telez can keep it going. Trading for pitching is looking like a better option. Augie, I think the you were right again part, and I appreciate you saying that, Mike, because trust me, I am wrong a fair share of times. Uh, but I think what he was referencing is my... My mantra that I say over and over and over when people are worrying and freaking out about roster moves, that stuff always seems to work out. Now, nobody could have ever predicted that Christian Yelich was going to get the coronavirus, and we wish that he didn't, and we wish that it would have been a, uh, a tougher de- decision for the Brewers to be forced to make. Uh, but it kind of goes back to what I was saying. It's, is it, it's remarkable. Stuff just more often than not when it comes to these roster decisions, stuff just works out. Yeah, you just think you feel like everybody will look at something and feel like you got too many players, and then all of a sudden something happens. And as strange as this one is, because the Bruce protocol with COVID has been just so amazing. They've done such a great job. But when you have guys like Christian go down and Jace Peterson, who's just done an outstanding job for the Brewers to go down, to have guys that can fill in and get an opportunity to play on an everyday basis is so important. You now you look at what they can do in the off- on the outfield with Christian down, now you've got four outfielders that you can rotate. You can still give Lorenzo Cain the days off that he needs. And uh, I'll tell you what, just seeing him in center field today, seeing that smile, uh, we thought we got a lot of energy with William Adamas. I'll tell you what, we got some added energy with, with yeah. Lorenzo Cain, and that was really great to see. Ben in uh, Cleveland, Wisconsin says uh, this has to be the time for the Brewers to go all in, doesn't it? What does the crew have to uh, give up? I'm guessing uh, Corey Ray would be a chip for sure, right? And then goes on to say first base, third base, starting pitcher to put us over the top, and finally a true World Series contender. Uh, and, and Mike made reference to the uh, to the trade deadline as well, and, and maybe pitching. For me, 
I still think the number one need for this team is relief pitching. I want to see more guys who can pitch high leverage innings because that's what you need. Every inning in the postseason is a high leverage inning, and you, you have such short starts. So any sign of trouble in the postseason, and starting pitchers are getting pulled out of games. So to have a very deep bullpen uh, is a really, really uh, important part of having postseason success and going on a postseason run. We've heard some rumors out there that the Brewers are interested in some corner infielders, and yeah, I really like what Rowdy Telez is doing, but it's it's such a small sample size, and we don't really know how the organization views him. You appreciate what he's doing right now. Maybe they view him as the guy, or maybe they view this as a situation where it's going to be kind of a, a short stint, and they'd still like to upgrade there. There's talk about bringing in uh, a third baseman. I under you know, we've had conversations about Max Scherzer, and I, I I do not think that Max Scherzer is coming to the Brewers. But I also think if you're going to go acquire somebody like that, if you're going to go acquire a top-tier starting pitcher, you're going to have to really give up something for him. And the way the postseason works is your fourth starter gets like one or two starts if you go all the way. You know, maybe one start in the championship series and one start in the World Series. Um I don't think utilizing your trade assets for a starting pitcher, quite honestly, makes that much sense because it's not going to impact you in the postseason the way some of these other positions impact you. And, and Augie, the other side of this is you you want to see the Brewers go for it because they've got this amazing starting pitching and they they do have an opportunity to maybe make a deep run in the postseason. But David Stern's philosophy, and I think it's the right one, is it's about winning now, but it's also about continuing to give your give your team a shot to be a postseason club on an every year basis. You know, the idea that if you're in the postseason every year, that eventually you're you're going to strike fire at the exact right time, and you're going to go on one of these deep runs. So the some of the decisions that the Brewers make in terms of what they give back in these trades, I think, are maybe different some from some of the bigger market teams because the Brewers' ability to uh, contend and be successful and be a playoff team on a year-in, year-out basis, it still is very much connected to their ability to develop players and get those guys to the big leagues. Getting the right style players, you know, you pick up a guy like like Rowdy Tellers and you see what he what he's been doing for the Brewers. Just been fantastic. I, I want to salute him today. That pitch for a home run that he hit tonight. Yeah. That is an extremely difficult pitch to hit for a left-hand hitter. When you got a ball that's down below the knees, when you talk about a left-hand hitter, you throw the ball from a little bit above the knees up on the inside part of the plate. We call that the nitro zone or the, the hot zone for a left-hand hitter. That ball was down below. He just stayed back, threw his hands out, and just put a great swing on it. So he's really swinging the bat very well. But and going to the, what you've been talking about, Matt, I can see the Brewers, if they if they feel they're going to help their team at a position of third or first, if they feel in the, in the corners, they feel that it's going to help the team that much. I don't think David Stearns would be afraid to pull a to, to go in and get somebody. I really believe the focus has to be on pitching, whether it be starting pitching. Uh, you might go out and get one or two guys if you had that opportunity. But I think bullpen is so important. Uh, I don't think there's a ball team in the last 
that I can remember the last 10 years that has been able to go to postseason that hasn't won with the bullpen. And you see how important it is. It's it, You have to have bullpen now. Right there you talk about they got some really good arms out there, and Craig, and Craig is really working them to get them involved in high, intense situations. But I'll tell you what, you get a couple veteran guys that have been there before, really – really changes it a lot. I like their bullpen. I like what they got. But I really believe that if they could go out and get a couple pieces, additional pieces in that bullpen, it would just make them that much stronger. Yeah, and, you know, like these guys who a lot of Brewers fans had never heard of before this season got started, like if if we went and grabbed just a, a random person listening to the show right now, maybe that's a bad example because people who listen to the show are incredibly, incredibly intelligent. But if we just go grab a, uh, a a random Brewers fan, if I'm walking around the Milwaukee public market and I just look for somebody wearing a Brewers hat and I ask them, hey, before this season got started, had you ever heard of John Del Gustave? Have you ever heard of Miguel Sanchez? Have you ever heard of Jake Cousins? Do you think Hunter Strickland could help the Brewers bullpen? That guy who you know isn't even in. Like these are these are guys who are pitching big innings right now for this team. And Strickland has a has a track record. He's not he's he doesn't fit the the you know the comparison of the other guys. Gustave had just a little bit of big league time three four years ago. But you got Cousins who was an independent ball that not not that long ago. You got Sanchez who is just an incredible story. A guy who was signed at an at a, at a very older age out of the uh, the Dominican, where a lot of times these kids are getting signed at like 16 years old, and he was 21, 22 when he got signed. Like that is that you don't make it to the big leagues when you are getting signed at that age in the Dominican. He did it, so you you appreciate their stories. You appreciate the production they're giving you because they are are they're all pitching fantastically well but at the end of the day Augie I would be a lot more comfortable if there were more established guys who are on this team pitching these big innings come the postseason I truly agree with you. I, I think when you look at the starting rotation, you you have the big three, and it, it would Bernsey and Woody and Peralta. You want to keep them healthy. You want to keep them focused on what you're doing. I'll tell you, the next three though are that are really coming up with some big performances. But when you get into that bullpen, that bullpen, bullpen when you have it, it's not just about having that veteran leadership that understands what's going on. You got that with Josh and Devin Williams when you get him back, and 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 you got the guy with Boxberger who's really doing a nice job along with with Suter it's having guys who bring something to the table that is that can help you in ball games and you kind of have that now you really do you have a Strickland's more of a power guy Sanchez will throw strikes he has a little bit of movement on his ball Gustavi's been very impressive the way he's been throwing the ball with the movement but they have not been in those situations those high intense situations that we're going to have when we get into September is really going to make a difference and the trade deadline is a trade line when trade deadline when you make your moves on that trade deadline, there's very seldom that you're you going to be able to pick somebody up a veteran guy or someone that can come in and really help your bullpen so it's going to be interesting to what they do between now and friday nine nothing brewers get the win in pittsburgh how about brett anderson and the 12 ground outs zero flyouts we'll discuss his day and what he brought to the team today we'll do that next this is brewers extra innings it's brewers extra innings with matt falling Swing and a fly ball, hit well to right, backing up, way back, Polanco, gone. Welcome back to Pittsburgh, Omar Narvaez, a two-run shot, gives the Brewers a 2-0 lead in the first. 
Nine nothing. Brewers get the win over the Pirates in the series opener. I'm Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine, alongside. If you want to join us, you can do so. Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line eight five five six one six one six twenty. Tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air as uh, Brew Crew Scott did, asking is Rowdy's current hot streak enough to quench the first base conundrum? Good use of the word quench. Is his success a product of consistent at bats? I don't know, and I don't think anybody knows. And you know, part of the problem here is the the trade deadline is Friday. He just had a really good series against the White Sox, and now he's going to be facing bad Pirates pitching. So you you, you love to see what he's doing. I I think it's really hard to really the to me the sample size is not going to be big enough to say how legitimate it is and how much it's going to be able to uh, continue on. Brett Anderson gets to start tonight. Six innings, three hits, three strikeouts, one walk. Augie, my favorite part of his uh, his line tonight: twelve groundouts. Zero flyouts. I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm a prisoner of the moment at times, but I don't. It's. It's hard for me to remember a guy getting 12 groundouts and not a single flyout. Impressive, especially in six innings. You know, we we talk about the 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 top three guys and the next three guys that that are in the starting rotation. And Brett Anderson, on a couple occasions, we all found, knew what he did last year. Ran into some problems with the finger and couldn't pitch in St. Louis, which was a very big game and was really down and out about that he couldn't finish the season. But the Brewers, there was three situations where the Brewers really needed a really good pitching, uh, pitching performance, and uh, I, I can't remember the last two, but they're big against some big ball clubs coming in and do pitch very well. He went out and gave them five or six good strong innings. I thought tonight was one of those nights. Also, everything that goes on, the best thing you can do when you go when you have something that changes your routine, and you talked about that earlier in the show, is to have somebody go out and dictate the game for you. And I'll tell you what, the Brewers got a couple runs early, and Brett went out there and he just pitched masterfully. Had extremely good uh, abilities to uh, complement himself with the fastball away with a good changeup, and really pitched in well with his breaking ball tonight. Had a little bit of a cutter involved with it. I thought he pitched very well. This is one of the better games he pitched for the Brewers all year. Yeah, seventy-two pitches in six innings. This is exact. This is this is the Brett Anderson that the Brewers were expecting to have, and he can. To me, you know, for a while I talked about him in terms of being like the number four starter. I kind of put him in front of Adrian Hauser, and this, that was even before Eric Lauer was around. It was when they were going more with five days because of all the days off, and I'd kind of put Hauser in front of him recently, but these are the type of performances that made me view him as somebody who was kind of that number four guy in the rotation. It really doesn't matter where he slotted in the rotation, but that's just a, it's really good to see him go out and do that in a very different look, and that can uh, be a positive for for the guy who's going to uh, go tomorrow, although the guy that's going to uh, go tomorrow is somebody who uh, gets uh, ground balls as well in Adrian Hauser. Brewers get a 9-0 win in Pittsburgh to open the series. We'll get the post-game comments manager Craig Council. That's after the news. The news begins in two minutes here on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. The old one to Kane. Swing and a little pop-up. Shallow center. Long run Reynolds. Can he get there? No. It's going to fall. A base hit. Garcia's going to score. Kane drives in a run to make it 3 nothing Brewers. 9 nothing. Brewers get the win in Pittsburgh. Eight of their nine runs they score in the first two innings. A good, uh, a really good start to the game for the Brewers on what was a tough day. 
Yesterday, they find out that Christian Yelich had tested positive for COVID. They had to delay their flight. They did not fly out until today. Generally, you fly in a day before. So they uh, got to the ballpark this morning and met and flew out and pretty much did a uh, show-and-go in Pittsburgh. And they end up uh, playing pretty well, especially scoring those eight runs in the first couple innings. And as manager Craig Council spoke with the media just a little while ago, uh, he was asked about uh, just how proud he was of this club and what they were able to do on what was a uh, pretty challenging day. Yeah, I mean, I thought you know, it was a great start to the game for us. And, um, we, you know, we made it easy on ourselves. And it was, it was a strange day today, travel-wise. Um, we'd get into the hotel at whatever, around noon. So a little odd, but we uh, we came out and took advantage of a pitcher that was struggling with the strike zone a little bit and um, made it easy on ourselves. Craig, how much a difference was that from a normal day you didn't find out who you were facing until your guys are almost done with batting practice right yeah i was based yeah essentially we were bad bp was over and well they had they had a, a lot of stuff going on so understandable um so it was a little different but um you know most important we we it, this was just about having good at bats. It wasn't about not getting scouting or not preparing or anything. We just had good at bats, and um, he was having a hard time throwing strikes. And we, you know, we we sniffed it out a little bit and took advantage of it and were patient. Um, obviously, Omar got a got a fastball to hit, and that was that that was good um, and, and gave us a little breathing room right away. But then we just then I thought our patience kind of came to came to fruition a little bit and um a couple base hits and it's and the game's kind of out of reach right away was this kind of a classic low cane game for him to come back and just how he impacted the game yeah well i mean the first hit you know it's a dump dump one in there i think um that put a smile he's probably saw it put a smile on his face and put a smile on everybody's face um made a diving diving sliding catch um, another hit, kind of ground ball with a man on first where he likes to hit it. So, um, you know, he contributed right away, played a nice center field, got Brett out of a – or got um, uh, Sanchi a good start to his inning. So it was a good way to start for, for sure. Craig, as, as one of the older guys on the team, Brett Anderson sure came through for you too. You know, I think his phrase was he got up at the ass crack of dawn, I think. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Brett was the biggest fan of traveling the day of the game, um, but uh, we, we're gonna we've we've uh, asked if he'd like to travel the day of the game from now on. Um, he's not very interested in it, but uh, we get to joke around with him about it. Um, and uh, but he did a, he did a nice job. I mean, you know, you get staked to that lead, and your job is to throw strikes, and, and especially for the way he pitches, it's put the ball on the ground and make. You know, they hit it at people, but that's what he does. And um, and uh, we we got that double play return in the second. I thought it was a pretty big point for him just to kind of get out of a little bit of a jam there, and then it was kind of cruise control for him. Craig, uh, Rowdy Telez is giving you now some punch at, at that position, which I think you said the other day is exactly what you're looking for. Um, just how big has that been for what the rest of your lineup looks like when he's, you know, putting a charge in the – Yeah, I mean, it's, look, it, it's, it's, it's something we need. You know, I think, um, it, you know, our offense has improved for significantly for sure uh, as we've gone here. But the, the home run is something that, you know, we – 
I know we say, ah, oh, we kind of sometimes we we bash the home run, but you need to hit the home run. It, it's it's an easier way to score, um, and uh, and Rowdy has the ability to do that, and I think he's shown that. And it doesn't have to be um, a certain, you know, it's it's he can hit different types of pitches. He's got so much power that it's he's got the ability to just do it. I mean, the line drive to center is just kind of a line drive for everybody else. It goes out just. Got a breaking ball. It's probably a ball today that he hit uh, out of the park. So that powers uh, a quick way to score and putting runs on the board quickly. And we need that. That's that's a part of the part of our offense that I think we we kind of missed a little bit. And so to have a guy doing it right now, um, you know, when he gets going, it's a that's an important part of scoring runs. Craig, there were a couple of things that were impressive about what Omar did. He said he wasn't even sure he was going to play when it looked like a lefty was going to pitch. Also, you know, he had he had scuffled a little bit on that last homestand at the plate, and um, he he just immediately impacted the game offensively. Yeah, it's, it's right. I mean, Manny was going to catch if it was a left-hander, and that it probably affected those two guys as much as anybody uh, today, not knowing who was going to pitch. So. Um, but the first that first at bat was you know, was was a game changer for sure, um, and uh, so yeah, I mean I I think Omar's been so consistent this year, really. I mean he he had a little, you know, probably after the first series in Cincinnati, first two games against Kansas City, he didn't have a great great little stretch, but eh, you know for for how many we're a hundred games into the season too, and uh, he he's been really consistent, good hitter with tough, tough at bats. Um, so it was, it was a matter of time. That's manager Craig Council speaking just a little while ago. Brewers get the 9 nothing win to open up the series in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he mentioned Rowdy Telez, and, and Telez, that home run, and Augie mentioned it earlier on the program, hitting a home run on that pitch, that's a pitch where if it's a two-strike pitch and you just make contact to foul it off, you're talking about that being a... Uh, a, a good job of making contact, and he hits a home run. That is, that's as tough of a swing as you're going to see, and that was pretty impressive when uh, Telez hits the home run. He's given the Brewers uh, good, good, good production right now. You don't know how long it's going to last, but for now, it's good. And maybe the Brewers found something in Rowdy Telez. How does everything go down? We'll talk about that home run and everything else that took place. We'll do that next with the highlights. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 9-0 Brewers get the win over the Pirates. Brett Anderson on the mound for the crew. Luis Oviedo getting the start for the Pirates. He It was a bullpen game after their scheduled starter, Tyler Anderson, uh, part of a trade talks. They were trying to get a deal done with the Phillies. Anyways, uh, Brewers would strike first in the top of the first inning with one out. Willie Adamas reaches on an air. That brings up Omar Nervais. Swing and a fly ball, hit well to right, backing up, way back, Polanco, gone. Welcome back to Pittsburgh, Omar Narvaez, a two-run shot, gives the Brewers a 2-0 lead in the first. Back-to-back walks to Avisayo Garcia and Rowdy Telez walks, uh, that would walk the bases loaded, and with two outs, Lorenzo Kane at the plate. The 0-1 to Kane. Swing and a little pop-up, shallow center, long run, Reynolds, can he get there? No, it's going to fall, a base hit. Garcia's going to score. Kane drives in a run to make it 3-0 Brewers. 
So the Brewers giving an early lead to Brett Anderson to come out, who comes out to pitch in the bottom of the first inning. How does he respond to having the lead? Well, Kevin Newman lines out. Brian Hayes strikes out and brings up a Brewer killer in Brian Reynolds. 0-2 pitch, strike three called. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night for Key Brian Hayes. Two quick outs for Brett Anderson. So that's how uh, things would uh, finish off there as they would then go on to the second inning, and the Brewers would get going again. Brett Anderson leading the inning off. He walks, and then Colton Wong is hit by a pitch. So very quickly, runners on at first and second. Willie Adamas would get a base hit. That loads the bases for Omar Narvaez. Swain a bouncer, first base side through, base hit. One run is in. Colton Wong coming around third. He's going to score. Omar Narvaez with four RBIs in the first two innings. It's 5 nothing Milwaukee. Yeah, good work from Narvaez. Next hitter is Aviseo Garcia. The 1-1. Swing and a fly ball hit well to center. Back Reynolds, still back, warning track. It's over his head and off the wall. Bouncing back towards the infield. One run's going to score for the Brewers. Narvaez will be held up at the last moment. It's an RBI double for Avisail Garcia. Make it 6-0 Brewers. And he would get Luis Oviedo out of the game. Nick Mears would come on to pitch, and the first batter he would face is Rowdy Telez. Telez faces Mears. First pitch swinging, ground ball, and eats up Newman. It's into left center. A base hit. One run is in. They'll wave around Garcia. Here comes the throw home. It hits the mound, not in time. Rowdy Telez greets Mears with a two-run single. 8 nothing Brewers. A five-run second for the Brewers, and uh, that essentially finished things off. So Anderson with a big lead as he comes out to pitch in the second inning. He would give up a one-out base hit to uh, Ben Gamble, and then Jacob Stallings would get a hit as well. So all of a sudden, the Pirates making a little bit of noise, but then he would get exactly what he needed from Gregory Polanco. Swain a bouncer. Telez has it, goes to second one, back to first. Double play. 3-6-3. Three, inning over. Nick Mears would be done pitching for the Pirates after three innings in the fourth. Former Brewers farmhand Cody Ponson, he would get Avisao Garcia to strike out and then Rowdy Telez would line out. He would issue a walk to Luis Urias and it would bring up Lorenzo Kane. Now kicks and delivers the one-two pitch and Kane with a ground ball through the right side and into right field for a base hit. So Lorenzo with a couple of hits in his return from the injured list a la Colton Wong. Brewers have a couple on for Jackie Bradley Jr. JBJ couldn't come up with a hit, but still good to see uh, Lorenzo Kane come up with uh, a couple hits. All the while, Brett Anderson was just continuing to roll along. Uh, speaking of Lorenzo Kane, so Brett Anderson would be done after six innings. Miguel Sanchez would come in to pitch, and the first batter he would face in the Pirates' seventh is John Nagowski. Three strikeouts for Brett Anderson, and the first pitch from Nagowski to Nagowski is lined into right center field, and a diving catch by Lorenzo Kane. Welcome back, Low Kane. Pops up and immediately says, not today, and shakes his finger. 
fantastic catch by uh, by Kane. I think I saw that the catch probability on it was at 20%. So Lorenzo Kane in midseason form when it comes to what he is doing from a defensive standpoint. Sanchez throws a scoreless seventh. Hunter Strickland would throw a scoreless eighth. And we would head to the ninth inning. New pitcher into the game for the Pirates is Kyle Keller. He replaces Cody Ponce, who for the Pirates was their MVP because he went five scoreless innings, really saved their bullpen. But Keller comes in to pitch the ninth inning for the Pirates. He gets Omar Nevaez to line out and Visael Garcia to strike out. So very quickly, two outs, but he could not retire Rowdy Telez. Rowdy Telez with a drive to right. This one's well struck, and it is gone. Rowdy Telez with another home run. He had two in the game on Saturday. Now he's got one here on Tuesday night. Make it 9 nothing Brewers. He just went down and golfed that one out of the ballpark. Really tough pitch to get to, and Telez hits the home run, 9 nothing. the final score after John Del Gustave throws a scoreless bottom of the ninth, and the Brewers pick up the win with the W. The Brewers go to 59-42, and while the Pirates, they drop to 38-62. and Winning totals for Milwaukee, 9 runs, 12 hits, no errors. They leave 7. For Pittsburgh, no runs, 4 hits, 1 error. They leave 5. Winning pitcher is Brett Anderson. He is 3-5. and five. Johan Oviedo takes the loss. He drops to 1-2. and two. Home runs in the game. Omar Nervais is ninth. Rowdy Telez is 7th of the year. The game lasting 2 hours and 54 minutes. That's an upset after the 8-run uh, scored in the first 2 innings. And game was not exactly on a good pace, but it hurried up after that. Game played in front of a... Uh, not real boisterous crowd of 10,618 folks at PNC Park. The Brewers fans were making more noise than the uh, than the Pirates fans tonight. There were a fair amount of Brewers fans there, and uh, you heard the rowdy, rowdy chants. You, you heard all of that, and uh, you didn't hear the Pirates fans that much because their team lost 9 nothing. We will uh, take a look at Game 2 of the series and uh, get you some scores from around baseball. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers get the 9-0 win to open up the series against the Pirates. This is Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Just a few minutes left in the program. Uh, let's take a look at what's going to be taking place around the not is going to be what did take place around the National League Central Cardinals. They double up the Indians today by a 4-2 score. Adam Wainwright got the win. He went seven innings, allowing two runs and four hits, eight strikeouts, two walks. First time he's ever pitched at Progressive Field. I think I saw that was his 33rd ballpark that he had pitched a regular season game in. That's what happens when you've been around as long as Adam Wainwright. Harrison Bader hit a home run. His ninth, Paul DeYoung hit a home run. His 14th for the Cardinals. Reds, they defeat the Cubs today by a 7-4 score. Uh, the win goes to Vladimir Gutierrez as uh, he pitches six and a third, giving up two runs on five hits, five strikeouts, three walks. The win uh, moves his record to five and three. Joey Votto hit two home runs. He's now got 17 this year. Uh, Jesse Winker hit a home run. Eugenio Suarez hit a home run. In the loss, Anthony Rizzo went deep for the Cubs. I believe that's his third in as many games. Patrick Wisdom, Chris Bryant hit a home run. Uh, lots of 
trade speculation about folks like Rizzo and Bryant. We'll see what happens. Adbert Alzale in the loss went five innings, allowing four runs on seven hits. So as we take a look at the standings right now in the National League Central, the Brewers, they have run their lead over the Reds to seven and a half games. Uh, then you have the Cardinals. Uh, oh, no, the lead over the Reds is seven games, excuse me, after the Reds won tonight. Cardinals are eight games back, one game back of second place Cincinnati. The Cubs have fallen nine and a half back, and the Pirates are 20 and a half games back. Around the Brewers' minor leagues, AAA Nashville matched up against Columbus tonight. Nashville scores three runs in the bottom of the seventh, and that propels them to a 4-3 victory. Double-A Biloxi playing a doubleheader. They win game one. Check that they lose game one at Montgomery by a 6-5 score, and then they lose game two, 5-4. So a couple uh, one-run losses for Biloxi today. That's a tough way to go. High-A Wisconsin, they fall short in the bottom of the ninth inning. They are batting for the final time. Uh, They are trailing Cedar Rapids 5-2, and Carolina loses at Lynchburg by an 11-8 score. Brewers and Pirates play game two of this three-game series coming up tomorrow. It is going to be Adrian Hauser on the mound. Hauser will go into the game with a 6-5 record and a 3.88 ERA. Once again, a 6.05 first pitch. That means our coverage begins at 5.30, and myself and Jerry Augustine will be back with you after the game for Brewers X. Earnings. Once again, Brewers get the win in Pittsburgh by a 9 nothing score. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on WTMJ.